Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. a superstar in the podcast. All right. So I am super thrilled, you guys. I've got Pixie Acai. Wait, not Acai. I see it. <laughs> Isn't it so funny, Pixie? Like I've taken your classes for about two years now at SoulCycle, but it never dawned on me to wonder how to pronounce your last name until I asked you to be on my podcast. No, it's I, I kind of picked a name that would be that way. <laughs> well, I love it. It's just amazing. Wait, so that's not your your given name? No, it's the oh. name. <laughs> it's the name my father and my mother and most of my family calls me. And actually, my dad got his first tattoo and he put Pixie in it. So it's all I go by. And I actually don't hear my real name. If somebody screams it across the room, I don't register. It's really funny. Well, then, no need to even talk about what it is because I only know you as Pixie, and so does basically the world at this point. I mean, it's just such an honor to have you here. So, welcome to the Mindset Mashup, first of all. I know we don't get you for very long today. You're a very, very busy woman, but I want to give a brief bio for those who are not fortunate enough like me to get to see you in Soul Cycle or some of your amazing retreats and all the cool stuff you're doing on the planet. And then we're going to dive on in. All right, my love. So Pixie has been a staple in the Los Angeles fitness industry for over a decade. Celebrity fitness and life coach, thought leader. She emphasizes cross-pollination within the community with the firm belief that together we get stronger. She's known as the relatable trainer and recognizes that we aren't all training for the Olympics. We're training for life. Pixie's goal for her clients is to help them create a healthier lifestyle that increases and maintains a clearer ground present mental attitude along with self-loving positive body image which sets them up for life, for a life of joy and success. Pixie offers her clients a unique, harmonious blend of motivational coaching, hands-on personal training, and truly impactful soul cycle experiences. She holds her students consciously accountable throughout their workouts, instilling in them the goal to create the true balance that spans from health and wellness to their lives as a whole. By promoting personal empowerment, positive body image, and self-awareness without judgment. Pixie stresses that the change happens outside one's comfort zone. Every relationship should be challenging and supportive, you say. And let's just make it clear. You are, you're noted everywhere. I mean, you've been written about, featured in, in such incredibly iconic places like Vanity Fair, GQ, Huffington Post, Elle, Cosmopolitan, The Hollywood Reporter, Ask Men Racked, and the list goes on and on. So I'm just so honored that you're here and you get to share some of your nuggets with my listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was interesting to listen to. It was, it was almost embarrassing and <laughs> to listen to somebody else say it sounds really good. 
Right. You didn't even know that what I usually ask is when I read off a bio like that, I usually like to ask my guests, what's it like to hear that? But you answered it before I even asked. I mean, okay, a little, a little humbling, but also I'm sure pretty damn flattering, right? You worked for all that. Yeah, that was weird. The only, <laughs> there's only one thing that is incorrect. And I found this out last week that this Monday actually was my nine year anniversary of my first spin and yoga class that I ever got paid for. So Monday was my nine year anniversary of getting paid, which I think oh, is- Oh my God. That's so amazing. Longest, healthiest relationship of my life. <laughs> Longer than I've got. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> incredible. Well, I mean, listen, classes at SoulCycle open up at noon and at like 12 minute, like at 12 o'clock, five seconds in, every single one of your classes are sold out if, if, if it even takes five seconds. It's, it's like a stressful race to the clock for me every single week. And there's a reason why. I mean, you're dropping truth bombs, which are just super epic. It is a total personal transformation experience inside that room. But I know that you're doing a lot outside the room as well. And one of the things that I, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here is because I know a little bit about your backstory now. And I'm just like, wow, you know, someone doesn't get to that level. You're not just a master instructor at SoulCycle, like you're the master of the masters, like you're the senior trainer of the masters. So you're about as high as you get within the SoulCycle organization, but you also are just this epic thought leader inside so many different diverse communities, including the founder of Surf Sweat Serve. You're an animal advocate, you know, the local shelters here in LA. You just have just so much goodness and I have to get up underneath this mindset of yours. Where did it all begin? Gosh. <laughs> um, oh, wow. That's so weird to hear all of that. You're and so is, awesome. My challenges actually that I'm continuing to work on is really seeing myself like others see me. So it's interesting because even with all of that, which in somebody else's eyes is fantastic or, you know, inspiring or so much good, it's interesting to just realize how human we are and how even when you might seem like, you know, it's so good and fantastic from somebody else's point of view and our own little ego, our own little vritis, you know, as I say in yoga, something will hold you back from really honoring your own light and your gifts. So that's interesting because as you're reading it, I'm experiencing more of my own work that has to happen. Interesting. Where did it all begin? You know, it's interesting. My father was an athlete by love, not by you know, it wasn't like he was a college athlete or anything, but he loved to be in his body. He took a skiing. We were on the swim team since we were six years old. He was on motorcycles and mopeds and dirt bikes. And so being in our bodies was just something that we did at a very young age. And, you know, we grew up, of course, in a troubled childhood, my brothers and I, and physical exertion was kind of a way to release and deal with the stresses at home be it from my mother's house or my father's house. I quickly became a sensation junkie and I was a tomboy. My brother was a wrestler. My dad was a wrestler. I wanted to wrestle. They were on the swim team. I wanted to be on the swim team. They rode motorcycles and raced cars. I wanted to ride motorcycles and race cars. So fitness was just something that stayed with me my whole life. And, you know, as you get older and you start to deal with the things from childhood, you know, and everybody has theirs and whether there's doctors or therapists or psychiatrists or hypnotherapists or, you know, all the different modalities that there are to heal humans. And I think that there are so many. For me, antidepressants had to be one of them. And I was on them for a long time. And I remember 
as I got older, I started to feel shame around them as if something was wrong with me or if I hadn't, I wasn't capable of healing myself. And there was a moment when I wasn't able to work out. I moved to Minnesota for two years when I was, I think, 21 maybe or 22, I can't remember. And it was very cold there and it was very icy all the time and nobody was outside and I stopped working out and I got really depressed, even though I was on the antidepressants. And so I started to pay attention to that. Like, why am I feeling so depressed if I'm on these medications that don't make me feel that way? And when I moved to LA, I started working out again and I immediately felt better. And it was in that moment that I was like, I actually don't need those. Like it's, it's the real dopamine. It's the real serotonin. It's the real natural drugs that give me the high. It's self-love that gives me the high. It's community that gives me the high. It's dedicating time out of my day to take care of myself, to show up for myself. And granted, when I was in my twenties, it was probably more a foundation of, I want to be skinny and look cute, (laughs) you know, and that also evolves. So yeah, then I decided to get rid of the antidepressants and I continued, you know, therapy and self-love and inner work and fitness just kind of became a thing that I fell into. I love it. And, you know, and circling back to what you're talking about, because I really did just kind of throw you off the deep in there, which I appreciate that you just dove right in because we're like, okay, we got 20 minutes to max it out. Um, but, you know, part of your story is, yeah, you, you had to cope with some really difficult things that happened when you were younger and you were feeling really insecure and helpless and angry and all those those emotions that can make so many of us feel like victims, no matter what the trauma was, like we all have some, some emotional trauma in our lives. If we really look and we start to connect those dots and, and then, you know, you went to, to drugs and, and standing out and getting tattoos and piercings and partying and all to escape, right? Whatever the emotions were that were feeling so burdensome and keeping you super isolated. And then, and I'm just basically paraphrasing what I've learned about you and what I can also read about you just to kind of fill in the, the dots for our listeners. You know, you were just emotionally fragmented and crying all the time and, and, and it felt really, really dark. So that's what led you to the antidepressants and seeing the different doctors and psychologists, psychiatrists, et cetera, which can be good modalities. But after a decade of that, and then I didn't even know about the belt in Minnesota. Why did you move to Minnesota? (laughs) So I was a body piercer. I I was learning in South Lake Tahoe under somebody that kind of had been doing it for so long that they were kind of over it. And I started to learn about the more extreme modifications like tongue splitting and scarification and scalpeling and suspension. And all of that seems so strange now that I say that, (laughs) but there's a world out there of that, you know, and there was somebody that lived in Minnesota that was kind of the master of all these things. And we had friends of friends and I went to apprentice underneath him. So I learned all of that stuff, but I was only there for two years and the weather and the food and the lack of self-love and stuff like that just ate me up. I had to come back to California. Your DNA. I know I always call California specifically Southern California, my soulmate. Like I tried also moving away for three years and I loved my job and I loved where I was, where I was. And I still my favorite yoga studio of all time in a little town called St. Petersburg, Florida. But when you've lived in Santa Monica for 15 years, I'm sorry, (laughs) you know, you just have to get back. So I, for one, am very grateful that you got back. But what I love about, what I love about this story and listen, no one is saying to anyone listening, you know, that you shouldn't be on antidepressants. All I know for sure is that now it's, I've just spoken to thousands of people who have the same thing. It's like when you're optimizing your mindset, which also has to do very much, you know, with your physiology, your emotions, your mental state. 
then it's it's not uncommon. Food. Right. The food, right? The the people your that you're hanging out with, right? Your rituals, your routines, all that, which is what this podcast is all about. Oftentimes people find that they no longer need to grab the pill in the morning because they're getting the other types of dopamine, serotonin, like you talked about earlier. So when did you notice the big shifts? Like right when you came back to LA? I don't remember. I remember I was in a relationship at the time and I remember communicating, like, I think I'm gonna get off of these. And I remember he was like, okay, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I just, I think intuitively, I just, I started to listen to my body more, you know, and I made a commitment to myself that I would commit to the work. So there wouldn't be a time when I wasn't exercising. There wasn't, there wouldn't be a time when I wouldn't be outside. There wouldn't be a time, like I I would put that first. So I really just started focusing on the self-love, you know, and I continued with therapy and I did hypnotherapy and I've done sandbox therapy and I've done all kinds of really fun therapy. And what's interesting is that after years of that, I decided, okay, I can put that at bay. And I read, you know, I read like self-help books. And honestly, when I found a life of purpose, and for me, that was SoulCycle, when SoulCycle found me and I started teaching for them, it changed my entire life truly. And, you know, I owe so much of my success and my inner knowing to Julie and Elizabeth, the original founders of SoulCycle, because they saw a gift in me and they saw a light in me and they, they really put us, you know, all of the original instructors, both on the West coast and the East coast, but they really provided us with a platform that was supportive and allowed us to be ourselves and allowed us to be creative and they just let, it's like they just fanned our flame. They just let us be ourselves and saw us all individually as who we were. And so once I was in a, an area where I was able to be free and be myself and be supported and be expressive and be creative and let the love that is in me come out, I just started feeling healthier on the inside. You know, it's like, they, you know, they say it's only in the act of giving that we truly receive. And I really learned that in SoulCycle, you know, and I have such a loyalty to that brand and those humans because I know I wouldn't be anywhere that I am today without them. Oh, I love hearing this because I didn't know that you actually felt that way. I mean, it seems that you would feel that way just based on how you teach and what pours out of your soul every single class, like it's new. It's just, it's remarkable how humbled you are. I think every single time you teach because it's like, it's fresh and your passion and your connection and your presence to each and every group of people that come together and create a community in each one of your classes, I feel like you hold sacred. And so, and that is something that makes me want to get to your class and do what I have to do to rearrange my schedule to be there. And, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so honored that I get to now. So I'm just so excited to hear that that's actually going on for you for real. And I'm not imagining that, but I don't think I could be imagining it's authentic. It oozes from you. Oh, my heart feels so sweet hearing that that's how you perceive and feel. And that oh, every time so but I was intimidated, me. I am not going to lie. Like all the tattoos, <laughs> piercings, you know, your strong personality. I remember in the beginning, and plus you teach the hardest class on, on the schedule, I think in LA. So in the beginning, it was hard for me. And so I was dealing with my own humility and my own, you know, ability but you never push anyone to do anything beyond wherever they currently are. In fact, you honor where we all are, but we all go in with our egos, right? We're like, what's the person on my left going to think I'm like? And then eventually you push through that and you never even notice. And you're just like, you just having your own experience and wanting to contribute to the room as much as possible, which I know you foster that very much so. But I do remember thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be intense. 
it's so funny because I say at the end of every class, once class is over, I say, also, I'm not as intimidating as I look. So if you have any questions, please know that's what I'm here for. That's my job. And it's interesting because anybody that has now known me will come up to me and say, but you're not intimidating. Stop saying that. And I'll say, remember the first time you saw me or you took my class? Was I intimidating? And they all go, oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's also, that also just solidifies that, um, it's interesting because I know that a lot of people will not agree with me, but, and I never agreed with this statement as I got tattooed and as I had crazy hair color. And as I had piercings and tongues, my tongue split and my ears scalpeled open and implants in my hands, you know, in my mind, I was just being creative and I was just living my life and I was just using my body that had been essentially robbed from me for so many years. And I was doing what I wanted with it. And I never, ever once registered that I was trying to put up uh, some body armor. I was trying to create a filter that I was trying to create a smaller net. And when people would say that to me, you know, what about when you're older? Don't you think that people might judge me or there's a stigma or, you know, are you worried about? And I used to get so annoyed and be like, listen, if somebody is going to get to know me and I have zero tattoos and later I'm going to find out that they're ignorant enough or judgmental enough or shallow enough that they would judge somebody with tattoos and I would never want to be their friend anyway. So this is like, I'm walking around with this big filter, you know, and I'm filtering out the assholes immediately. Oh, excuse my language. I'm filtering out. No, it's okay. There's lots of fuck words in this podcast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, but also there is truth to that. And I couldn't see that because, and I'm not saying that's true for everybody. Absolutely. Everybody that's tattooed, no way. This is just my truth. Um, and I remember when I noticed that the first time Soul Cycle asked us to send a picture of us as a child and us currently, and they were going to put it on the website and they were going to ask writers, who is who? Like, can you pick which person is which? And I got a picture of myself when I was seven and um, my eyes are getting teary. <clears throat> and I got a picture of myself in the instructor photo. And when I looked, when they were cropped side by side, I saw this little girl, this little sweet, innocent being. And then I saw this woman that had, <clears throat> you know, armor and, and had this persona of like, no, I'm tough. And I got this and, and, and tread lightly and, and come clean, come correct. And in that moment, I saw that the the innocence had been, you know, stripped, that it had been buried as a, as a layer of protection. Um, so it's, it's, it's normal to feel intimidated by me because that's what I wanted. Essentially that was my survival and it worked, you know, fantastically for me for years and years and years, but now I'm really in tune with the softer side of myself and I'm really in tune with my femininity and I'm really in tune with, um, trying to discover that and also, you know, my boyfriend described me the other day in a post or something of like being elegant and graceful. And I read the post and I was like, (laughs) come on, you don't really mean that. And he was like, absolutely. And so it was interesting because I never think of myself that way. So yeah, it's normal to be intimidated by me because I created that. At first glance, right. It was not probably conscious, but when you look back and connect the dots, you can see that that was what you did out of self-preservation of not knowing better. Yeah. Yeah. Do you regret the tattoos now in current time? You know, it's interesting. I don't. Um, there are some that I'm like, you know, that was prime real estate. I could have got, <laughs> you know, I could get that removed and do something way better. Um, 
but I don't actually regret them. I see them all. I mean, actually, I don't even see them, to be honest. Sometimes I'll walk past a mirror. Uh, like if I'm in public and I walk past a building and I'll stop like, whoa, oh, that's a lot of tattoos. Like sometimes I'll just realize, <laughs> wow, I really am heavily tattooed. Um, but I don't, I don't regret any of them. No. Well, I have to tell you, I don't see them anymore either. Am I? I saw them the first few times that I took your class, but then as you know, I just, I so connect to people's souls and spirits. And so right away, like even within that first class, I was like, Oh, she's dope. Like this is, she's amazing. And I just knew that you, your heart was in the right place for me. It landed, it landed what, where I needed things to be. And it was a very different experience than many other instructors, even at the same studio, but that's why there's someone for everyone. Right. And so I'm just so glad that I came across you, but now I, I don't see your tattoos at all. All I see are your gorgeous eyes, your sweet spirit, your caring soul. That's so completely committed to being present in that room and making any bit of a difference that you can, not only for us as humans, but for our earth. Like you always talk about recycling. You don't preach, but you're just like, Hey, hold up your recycling bottle. If you've got one, you talk about the plant plastic on the planet and every day that the plastic that comes through each and every, you know, soul cycle class. And I just think, you know, just that little message alone is enough to just, if someone wants to be awake and conscious to it, they'll get it. And it's like, yeah, just that one little shift, you could be making a massive contribution. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a good point to, to touch on how you were saying that, you know, the beauty about soul cycle and the beauty of the brand. And I, believe that Julie and Elizabeth really, uh, and now Melanie too, but I think that Julie and Elizabeth had something special when they really honored that everybody is going to connect with somebody different. And so it's interesting because, you know, being a master instructor and working there for seven years in February, um, or maybe it's six, I think it's seven, seven. Um, you know, you hear a lot of, you changed my life. I did X, Y, and Z because of you. I left my abusive uh, wife or husband, or I told my mother what I wanted to finally tell her, or I lost 80 pounds, or I quit my corporate job and I'm doing, da-da. you changed my life. You're the best. You're so great. Yeah, la, la. It's so hard because you have to really filter and put a screen door, as my mentor Mia likes to say. You have to have a screen door and really discern on what gets to come in and you actually receive and what you bear witness to, but you kind of reflect. And so I think it's really important when somebody says, oh, you changed my life or, oh, you helped me through this or whatever. You know, I've learned that I have to say things like, I'm so grateful that you've had that experience, Yes, but I just want to honor that you changed your life and you did the work and they'll try to, you know, they'll try to combat that and they'll be like, no, no, but it's something that you said and nobody's ever said that way. And I've taken other classes and, and, you know, X, Y, and Z, and they come up with this whole list. And it's so interesting because people don't want to just take sole responsibility for their own success. And, um, you know, and I will say to them, I appreciate you saying that, but I know that that's not true because if that was the case. If I was the quote best, or if I saved your life or if whatever, then that would be true to every single person that ever came into my class. But the truth is, is that something I said or something I do or some way that I'm acting resonates or connects with something inside of you that already exists. And maybe you just haven't tapped into. And so now that I've said X, Y, and Z, or I've led by example in this way. And you immediately, it's like you go ding, 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 you know, finger on the nose. That's it. 
yes, I, I co-sign that. I agree with that. Yes. Not because I told you, but because you saw the connection in our souls. Yes. Well, you create the opening. And by the way, I when I was doing some research on you, I'm like, oh my God, Mia Togo was my 200 and 300 hour teacher trainer at Yoga Works as well. That and is I'm like, my what? queen. I know. She's leaving. <sighs> Her final class is Sunday and I'm having a really hard time practicing non-attachment right now. <laughs> I know. Even when you brought up VTs earlier and I was like, oh, fluctuating thoughts of the mind. I know what you're talking about. I don't teach yoga. I did it for one year and it actually, for me, um, really, um, I don't know, I, I never took after that. Like it just, it just changed everything that was so sacred to me. So now I'm just getting back into yoga, but yeah, Mia is exceptionally special. And I know many, 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 many of us um, consider her our mentor. But when I found out that you do, I was just like, of course we share Mia in common. This just made me feel like you were my soul sister because it's a family. Uh-huh. Yes. So game for those game. Yes. So Mia Togo for everyone listening is um, one of LA's um, most prolific yoga teacher. She's just one of the world. Yeah. One of the world. world. But she also plays small as you know, and she's busting through that in a big way right now and leaving everything she's ever loved and built in Los Angeles. She's like the most iconic teacher on the West side of LA. Um, And she fell in love and married a man and she's moving to London. I mean, that's just so epic. She's on a whole new journey. Yeah. And that's her yoga. It's her yoga. Exactly right. Right. Oh, just being so present to it. But I love that you um, brought her up because I didn't even know if we would touch on it, but I love how she references that screen door. And, and then one of my mentors is Tony Robbins. Um, and he talks about how he, you know, it's like when we're ready, it's like the satiation of a threshold of like emotions that we're just, we're filled by, we've done it. We're, you know, we're ready. And then someone will come along and they'll drop a nugget. That's an opening. And we're like, ah, that landed on a place that was ready. And now I can blast off. Yes. That's, I think exactly what you were saying. We're just, we're just coming at it from different ways, but, but make no mistake. You've said some things that have absolutely changed my life. (laughs) And you know, the other truth to that too. And I think this is just checking my own ego, right? Because as an instructor, you'll get a lot of this, these compliments and these things. And, and sometimes the ego will really feed on them and the ego will get bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, if you get one critique or somebody doesn't like your class, you're devastated, you know? And, and Mia was a great reminder of this, that like, you can't take all of that, that positive, that, 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 um, infatuation or that, 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 what am I trying to say when they praise? Yeah. All that praise. And they're projecting their healings on you. Mm-hmm, exactly. You as soon as you take that, then you'll take the critique and you'll take the negativity. And so it's really, it's, I love Soul Cycle for so many reasons, but one of the reasons that I love it so much is that it really holds me accountable to walking my truth. I actually, um, I was engaged and I was in a relationship and wonderful person. We were not good together, but we tried for a long time, five years. And, um, when I started at soul cycle, I said something in the room. I think it was like one of the things I say often, uh, I don't know. You'll always make more money. You'll never make more time. Make sure you're not wasting or something, something along those lines. And it was like a giant fist of energy punched me in the face. And I, all of a sudden in the room, I thought you're a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite these people are coming to you and you're feeding them lies because you're not living that way. 
and I had to go home and break up and move out. And it was the most, you know, intense breakup and also the most empowering. And I think for both of us. Well, that is incredible because that is a, that's that's you being on a mission to live an integrity-filled life and you were done. You created your own opening in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because not everybody is living that way. I mean, let's face it, you and I know a lot of, you know, prolific thought leaders and big teachers and masters and experts in their space, whether it be health and wellness or whatever. And they're not always practicing what they preach. And no one is expected to be practicing what they preach 100% of the time. That's just that's just not giving us space to be humans. Um, and I love the contrast, by the way. I love the dark. Mia, speaking of, you know, says embrace the shadows, embrace the darkness, because it's that way which we can see the light, right? We, we get that contrast for a reason. And I love that about your backstory. You know, you haven't, we haven't touched on it and we won't have the time in this conversation, but I got to have you back, obviously, um, for like a proper conversation. But I love how you talked about what happened when you were younger and there was some sexual abuse that was like the, the precipice to all of this growth for you. But you come full circle as an adult now, tattooed and in love and a freaking badass thought leader that's walking your talk and holding yourself accountable to a standard that's impossibly high and rarefied. But you look at your story and you're like, it's my greatest gift. Can you share about that? I mean, it is my greatest gift because... Um, because I learned how to heal. You know, I learned how to um, really find a way to honor what, you know, what Tony says. It didn't happen to you. It happened for you. And it taught me the greatest act of forgiveness. And, um, you know, I remember that I, I woke up one day and I had this pain in my heart. I had, you know, anger and resentment towards my mother and towards her, her, her boyfriend, you know, that had molested me for years. And I had anger and resentment towards, you know, so many people, including myself. And, um, I remember I woke up one day and I thought, and I say this often because this, when I thought it, it was so powerful to me that forgiveness is not a feeling. I'm never going to wake up one day and be like, it's okay that that man, you know, molested me and traumatized me and did these things to me for so long. And it's, it's, I'm never going to forgive my mother for not doing better and protecting me. I'm never going to feel like that's okay. I'm never going to say you're excused. I have to choose to know that they did the best they can that hurt people, hurt people and choose that I'm going to forgive them. And so by choice, I have to choose to love them. By choice, I have to choose that when the feelings come up, I'm not going to sit and just be resentful and misdirect them. I'm going to sit and say, that really hurt and that was painful. And I know now that I can share this story. And I know now that I can give the gift of fitness for anybody that might be going through struggle in their life. And I know now that I can speak to friends that have been sexually abused or, or have never spoken out about it or that just want somebody to hear, to bear witness to. Like, so I know that forgiveness is never just going to feel good. It's an act, it's constant work and it's good work. And as soon as I chose that, I wasn't waiting around to feel like I forgave them because it's never going to be okay. Those things are never going to be acceptable and they're never going to be okay. But as soon as I decided that I was going to choose it, then I set myself free. Because I wasn't waiting 
for something to make me feel like it was okay. I chose. No, I'm going to choose to shift my perspective. I'm not going to block it or hide it or bury it. I'm going to honor that it happened and I'm going to honor that it did some things to me and I'm going to honor that I learned from it and I'm going to honor that some things trigger me and some things are painful and some things are painful reminders, but I'm going to choose to still live. And so I think that the, the act of forgiveness is um, something I'm really good at now. And there's been other situations in my life where people would be like, I would never forgive or talk to that person again. And I'm like, I can see that. And in my heart, I know that my purpose is to forgive, you know? Um, So I think that it was one of my greatest gifts that way. And also, you know, when you forgive people for their darkness and for their mistakes, it makes it easier for you to acknowledge your own and also forgive your own. Which is the hardest thing. And I love that you, you allow people to hold on to their story if they need to. And, you know, Some people need that as their identity. But what I love about what you're sharing here is that the moment that you are willing to let go of it consciously and and with action deliberately, how much that freed you up so that you could get on with your life and your purpose. Um, And I love too how you really acknowledge like it's not about that ever being okay and ever being right, but you couldn't you couldn't live with that holding you back and holding you down and in a darkness one moment more. And that's where you were able to recognize the gift in that act. Exactly. And then I think that's also why Pixie, I mean, just not from a novice point of view, but I think why you connect so deeply and so quickly with so many that have um, the good fortune to come across you in any environment. I imagine it's the same with you in, you know, over a coffee or a juice on a surf retreat as it is in a soul cycle class, right? And even in this conversation, no doubt people are getting a yummy glimpse um, where, you know, the, the truth is really, it, your truth, the fact that you're a thought leader comes from because you've lived, you've lived chapters, you've let go, you've reinvented. And, and mainly I think it's, you're so committed to fulfilling your purpose, which is to help others be liberated from their own fucking pain. Yeah. And also it's only shameful when it's kept secret. Totally. And I think that we forget that so much as a culture and we're so focused on the external body and the external things that we, we forget that, you know, what's going on inside is so much more important. And, um, shame is such a debilitating thing to feel and can really keep you stuck and sad and dark. And um, I think it's just about really opening up and connecting with people and creating community so that we can let go of the shame because we all have our thing. My story is not any more intense than somebody else's, you know? And, and I also, you know, I say that a lot too. And some people do want to have that as their identity, their story, and, but some people want to have it as the victim to their story rather than the victor. And I think it's really important. Uh, Marcelo, my surf coach from uh, El Salvador, he did a, a visualization with me once. And I remember him in the very beginning, you know, he's asked three questions and I've used this in class because it's so powerful to me. And he said, I want to ask you three questions. The first question is, you know, you're lying there meditating. Uh, what time is it? I know the answers because you've shared this. Do you want me to answer? Yeah. What time is it? Now. And where am I? Here. 
and who and what am I? This moment. And that hit me so hard because first I thought, no, I'm not this moment. I am. And I ran through the whole story of all the things I've accomplished and all the things I've done, all the things I've survived. And And it took me a minute because I was really challenged by that. And I, and I immediately was like, why am I triggered by that? Why am I disagreeing with that? What is it that just made me feel funny about that? And it was interesting to think that, oh, if somebody stripped away all the things that ever happened to me or that I've survived all of a sudden, do I, do I think as highly of myself? Do I know who I am without all that stuff? And the truth is, is we are this moment. We are how we respond to each other in this moment. We are what we're willing to give, what we're willing to receive. We are how we are perceiving. We are exactly how we react and respond in this moment. And that's it. And then it's a new moment in the next moment. Yeah. And then you're, and then you're really, that. when you think about that, it makes you so much more present and clear. And that was just that was so powerful to me that I, I'd love to be able to say that. And me too. And you it's, can see when it hits people. Yes. And, and then you can see when it doesn't. And that's okay too, because it's, it's, it'll be for somebody at the right time. Well, right. Well, so many people, especially, um, well, not on like any big city, but especially here in LA, it's like, we can get so caught up in who we are as our livelihood or what we do for work. Um, and I just love that because, because what, what it does for me is it liberates me to, to be a, a newer version of myself in any given moment or just a different version so that I can accept all versions. You know, it's just like who I am in this moment is really present, you know, really connected, really aware of how grateful I am that we get to have this opportunity to connect and and to land on the hearts and ears of so many people listening around the world. And I'm just so grateful that you're making your presence in this world, all this, right? And then in two minutes from now, it's going to be another moment. (laughs) Um, But I love that it's like, it's all real and it's all right. Because we're just being in the moment. Yeah. And you know what it reminds me of too? Actually, as you were saying that, when I was little, I moved right after high school. I moved every six months. And I went from Dixon to Petaluma, Petaluma to South Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe to San Diego, San Diego to South Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe to San Francisco, San Francisco to South Lake Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe to Minnesota, Minnesota to LA. And I loved the freedom of packing up and moving and recreating recreating, it was a fresh start every time. And you hear people say that like, oh, sometimes I just want to sell everything and move. And I think about that all the time. I want to sell everything and move to El Salvador all the time. But (laughs) when you honor that every moment is a new moment, you don't have to pack up and move. You can rewrite it from now, from today. Right? What's that other saying I heard the other day? One day or day one. Oh, I know. Right. I love that. Right. Oh my God. I love that. Is today going to be one day or day one? Yeah. Today can always be day one. This moment can be this moment. I love that. All right. We have like, like two more minutes. Um, I can't believe this. I'm going to have to, can I have you back on like soon? A deep dive because this is so good. Um, okay, good. So we'll have a 2.0 with pixie guys because this is just too fast. But, um, and I, and I'm so grateful that you even had this little bit of time to squeeze us in. I'm Um, honored. Oh, well, okay. So and truth is, is I say no to all podcast interviews and speaking engagements. What? And that's part of my work that I need oh. to work on. And I promised myself a few months ago that I would say yes to all of them. And so 
that's been happening. I'm honored that you're here because I just knew I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much juice here. I'm just excited. Um, okay. But so two more questions before we wrap, and I actually do have to wrap also, um, in exactly two minutes. So this is going to be fast. Okay. Daily rituals and routines that help you optimize your mindset. Daily rituals and routines. I sleep with waves every night. So I hear the waves all night long when I wake up. Real waves, right? No, I put them on my phone. I am near the ocean, but I put them on my phone. Right. Okay. Awesome. Uh, When I wake up, uh, my boyfriend and I insist that we say good morning and I love you before we get out of bed. Uh, Sometimes we get to do headspace in bed before we wake up, before early enough. Which is a meditation app and awesome. Awesome. Um, I always burn Palo Santo and I always look at my Hay House calendar for an inspirational quote of the day. And I love the ritual of making my morning matcha and my man's morning coffee. Food is really love and acts of kindness are huge to me. So I love to be able to do that. Just morning time um, rituals. Uh, Before I eat my food, I always say a silent prayer. Mm. Uh, Not so much uh, to God, let's say, but I pray. um, It's a moment of, I bless the food. I bless Mm. it. And I say, um, you know, different things, but usually it's something along along the line of, thank you so much for this food, for its nourishing qualities. I know that I am ingesting this to not only fuel my body, but to heal my body. I trust that whatever my body needs from this food, it will fully and completely absorb and whatever it doesn't need will be released. I know that this came from Mother Earth and I appreciate you. And I know that so many people on the planet don't get this opportunity and I'm grateful for it. So I definitely bless my food. Um, And what else? I knew uh, the new ritual I have been doing is labeling it enough. So maybe six o'clock or eight o'clock or 10 o'clock, if I'm still trying to hack through emails or things or Insta stories or whatever, something comes over me and I say, Pixie, label that enough. And I just put that down. Oh, I love that. I can come back to it. And that is from Dr. Melody Moore, who was in my training and she's a beautiful human. Okay. Sorry. Second question. Oh, I love that so much. Label that enough. That might be the title of this talk. That is so good. Um, Oh my God. That's so good. Okay. Final question, because I ask all my guests, because the whole point of the the mindset mashup is just to help people optimize more fulfillment, right? Everyone's just trying to feel more fulfillment. How do you describe it or define fulfillment? Fulfillment has, it's changed over the years. Um, but currently fulfillment for me is acts of service and of purpose and also putting as much work into my inner stuff as the work that I put out into the world. I love that. For me right now, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So conscious. I really just think it's truth. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, for those who want to find you and join one of your retreats or take one of your classes, what's the best resource to find you and what you're up to? I guess the best resource is probably Instagram. Okay. And I'll give that resource um, in the show notes. Okay, cool. Um, My love, I'm going to let you go because I know you had a heart out right at this moment. So I love you. I will see you in class and I cannot wait for everyone to get this episode home. Michelle, I appreciate it. This is such an honor, truly. Oh oh my goodness. And it's been lovely. (laughs) And thank you so much. And I, I respect the work that you're doing. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, my love. Okay, well, everyone go check out Pixie. I will give the um, her Instagram in our show notes. Pixopotamus. Yes, <laughs> I know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'll see you in class, my love. Okay. Okay, talk Have to you soon. Day. Shine on. You too, you too. Bye-bye. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.